what does the government and everyone expect us to do? Just isolate ourselves in our homes by ourselves. That's where the point about we've more chance of surviving COVID than maybe our mental health issues. Hello and welcome to the Include Youth podcast. With me, your host, Niall Cook, coordinator for the Learning for Action program. With me today is my co-host, Ronan Boyle, OMA senior youth worker. Hello. Uh, today we have switched to a different platform due to the COVID restrictions uh, with classes not happening and mixing of households not allowed. We have switched to the Zoom format. The sound may not just be as the same quality as usual, but uh, it shouldn't be too far off and hopefully it's not too distracting. We are joined today by Aaron Bowen and Orla Dean. Aaron and Orla are dairy uh, experts by experience, or we call them EBEs, on the Learning for Action program and have been through the Give and Take program and have been with Include Youth for quite a few years. Hello girls, how are you doing today? Hi Grant. <laughs> so keeping to topic, and obviously with the switching of platforms today due to the COVID-19 restrictions, maybe we should start and tell us how, how lockdown has been in general for you girls, from the last lockdown to the current lockdown, how the last one affected you, how this one has affected you, how are you coping in general? I find it it was up and down. Um, my granny passed away by COVID-19. I'm sorry to hear about that. So uh, at least it was actually kind of reassuring because me and my sister had each other. Yeah. Um, and her boyfriend who loves her just didn't know what to do with it. Who is? Double trouble. <laughs> but um, no, like I'm glad I had that moral support that kind of way. But like we, my granny's funeral and everything, I, I, like I was fuming. I oh, was so angry. Could you not get to the funeral? No, she was down in a funeral home down in near Eglinton um, and her funeral mass was held in Derry, Holy Family. So like she was even in the chapel or anything because of COVID, because she had COVID. And then like we weren't allowed to do the burial or anything, but we literally rang a taxi after the funeral mass to hurry to get down to the funeral home for her being taken out. But that's the only thing we got. It was yeah. in like a bye thing. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about how COVID's affected people's mental health. And you're living on your own. I, I, it was, it was really, really lonely. And my mental health, it really did drop. And I ended up in hospital for a wee while and got diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. But kind of glad with that as well, because I finally got diagnosed. So you went to hospital during COVID with your mental health? Aye. But do you think, would you put that a lot down to living on your own Aye. at the time? Aye, and it's hiding all other stuff. Like yeah. So we talked a lot about the first lockdown uh, that has continued through to this lockdown and the government's view of uh, and treatment of young people and the view that a lot of young people don't care. They're on the streets, they're drinking, they're meeting up in groups, they're mixing households, uh, they're switching up parties. Um, I was asking the girls, do they worry about um, mixing households, etc., and uh, meeting their friends? And Erin had said that they all lived very individually. We, we all loved our own, so there's higher risk of people like committing suicide than there is if it's dying of coronavirus. And the quote, Erin, um, she said, yeah. we have more chance of surviving COVID than suicide or mental health. And I thought that was very powerful. That is, that's a massive point. And if, if you're socially isolated and you're on your own, like you had to go to hospital because of your mental health. 
and it just didn't seem that let was getting talked about a lot at the start, wasn't it? No. It's all about the disease and that young people can carry it and don't get sick and stuff like that. Oh, definitely. I think what Orla was trying to say is that she feels that she's more at risk um, of not having her friends and her close network. Like I need my like my friends are my support system and have been for the last six years that I've been out my own. Mm. Like I've always had my friends like. Aaron's up the street from me, and yeah. we feel our friends. It's literally a ten-minute walk. But so you've been living on your own for six years. Yep, I'm living independently. Independent. Yeah. And what did you know? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. And my maths is brilliant. So that was since sixteen. Yep. So sixteen, you've been living independently. So for you at twenty-two, you'd be you'd have a lot of an older head on your shoulders, as they would say, wouldn't they? Yes. You, know, you, you have to <laughs> you have to sort of grow up quicker and definitely. Learn. I was a sort of same too. I left at about 17 and you, you learn quick. Yeah, when, when you it, have to. Yep, you have no choice. But what you're talking about, which is really important, is you need that support. System. And mechanism around you with friends. And like if you don't speak to your family, you need somebody. Yep, definitely. To trust and to, to, to have your back. And, and then that's taken away from me for six months nearly. Or was saying that you all live uh, alone. You all live as individuals. But you all come together as your own support system. I like what does the government and everyone expect us to do? Just isolate ourselves in our homes by ourselves. That's where the point came on about we've more chance of surviving COVID than maybe our mental health issues. Yeah, and people don't understand, but especially like we would have experience working with young people in care, and you guys are EBEs. You would help us now. You actually came through give and take. Yep. So give and take is a program for young people in care aged between. 16 and 21 and they would come to include youth if they can't cope with mainstream education so they learn differently from other people so like i was the same at school 30 people getting taught the same thing at the same time didn't suit me everyone's different so i had to learn different ways and it was would you say it's the same use girls yes definitely and it was great because you were able to come and see when young people see you coming and you're and volunteering for free you aren't making any money they'd be like they're doing this on their, on their own time and, and it's great. EBEs have that uh, lived experience and you just get the chance to pass on that experience to other young people. Um, that's a valuable tool. Yeah, like in a lot of ways that we would be able to connect the young people in an off the book kind of way because like our lives wasn't in a textbook or yeah. wasn't an example that social workers and stuff learn. Like yeah. our lives is what we've loved. Yeah. So we can easily relate and talk to people and just be like, you know what, I was there. Yeah. And we learn so much off other young people as well, and then they learn off us, and just I, I think it's, it's nice r- to hear really, really story. important, because I would say any issue that you hear a young person coming up with, very rarely you've, you've, you know what's going on in their head, or you've, you've walked the walk, and if a young person can hear from somebody that walked the walk, rather than someone maybe just came out of uni and started working, and you know what, and, and uh, you get a better response. And that's why you know this is important that we have you here today because hopefully when we put this out, other young people will get the lesson. Yep. And understand that mental health is a real thing. A lot of people put it down, especially men. Men would think it's you no know, like a weakness. Yep. Like if you straight, and then there's a high percentage of all the suicides that are men. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Because they hold all this in. But the good thing about you guys is you're able to talk about it. I would say in the short time that I have worked with both of you and known you as EBEs, I would say your coping mechanisms are each other. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. 
I've noticed that over the last few few weeks in terms of what you've talked about in terms of like um, addiction and alcohol um, being able to lean on each other. Yeah. I, I remember we were both kind of struggling with alcohol and mental health and we literally just both both of us together decided, you know what, we'll, we'll go and see what we can do, get off it for a wee while. We were literally every day spending our time together, going out on the bikes, going out walks, just like... Healthy, positive lifestyle. Uh, mm-hmm. It was so good. Like, See, um, I get young people that, during the COVID that were on give and take, and what happens when they get their money is they spend it. Yeah. And then during the week, you don't have enough money then to feed yourself or maybe pay for electric. Or Have you ever yes. been in that hole? Yes. yes. So much. Do you know, so what, what's that experience like when you actually run out of electric and there's no money? Well, we did get help with Include Youth Transitions and they gave us a big sum of, like, we had a choice, either, like, gas or electric. Yeah. Um. So I think we both chose electric. Yeah. Um. So that kept us going with electric. Like, and and for, that was really helpful? Oh, uh, so we needed it, like. Aye. Transitions is an, uh, an important part of uh, the Include Youth Give and Take process. Because what we were doing, myself and Niall, um, we would have went out to the young people. We work in rural areas, so you have young people that can't even, even when it was back at normal times, got the bu- could, couldn't even get a bus time to get mm-hmm. in. So they were socially isolated. So we landed up with food for them and stuff like that, and they really appreciated it because it's managing your money, isn't it? And it's not that you just get a lot. No, definitely not. Do you know what I mean? If, like the standard wage, people would be coming in with about three or £400 a week. Do you know, and... Some of our young people are on benefits with £25 on top of it. Oh, I get £100 a fortnight to live on. Well, do you know, and that's poverty bracket. Do you know what I mean? And and how you're able to cope is brilliant. I do not know. Exactly. How do you get through it? We just take one day at a time. Exactly. You have to sort of... And that's an important message. One day at a time. Take all your essentials and your payday and then you're skimpy your next payday. So, and listen, that's, that's, that's an important thing to talk about because... There's no opportunity during the COVID for employment. There was no opportunity, even like education. Where who's in the tech? So, what are you saying? You're in the tech. I started a wee program. It's right. not through the tech. It's uh, through the Prince's Trust. But you're only doing it now. Yeah. So there wasn't really a much opportunity during COVID, even the the keep your education going and no, you know, essential skills and stuff like that there. And from the first lockdown to the current lockdown, there has been very few opportunities. Um, everything's been so back and forward. Uh, but even once, like, I know different places like the tech and different groups was doing, like, Zoom calls and stuff like that there. But we live on our own and, like, we can't afford Wi-Fi. Huh. So that means, like, we're having to use our phones with our top-ups. Yeah. But we can't afford contracts, so we're on, like, limited data. So Zoom calls were eating away at our data and then we were left with no social media, which meant we couldn't even speak to our friends during, like, lockdown. So, like, it, it just didn't work out at no, all. And does, does that all come around back to then how it affects your mental health? Definitely. Do you know what I mean? Because if you can't do the normal things and then things you feel like things are t- getting taken away from you, like money, education, you know, and you're isolated and your friends are took away and family and... I like my dad I just ran out this morning so I'm like when I get home or when I get back into town I have to go and get wi-fi somewhere so I can download stuff on Netflix so um something I've noticed um working in all the different areas and all the different young people um does there seem to be a gap from leaving 16 plus and yeah 
uh, moving on. So coming up through the care system, you know, your money was handed to you. Um, a lot of stuff was done by the corporate parent, the social worker. Um, then when you had 18, there's a massive drop off. Um, you don't feel like you can hold down a 95. You've had yeah. a traumatic upbringing, um, um, a lot of mental health issues. And then you're almost left um, to survive on your own. Yeah. Like, whenever, one massive thing I noticed, whenever 16 to 18, I would have got a weekly living allowance of social workers. And that was sitting at, like, £73 or something like um, And then a week. So once I had 18, I had to swap over to Universal Credit, but it was job seekers back then. And that dropped. Like, my money dropped. But things get more expensive. Mm-hmm. The, like, kind of older you get because you have more responsibilities. And, like, I moved into my own place. But I was getting more money from 16 to 18 than 18 yeah. further. Yeah, it seems that the young people, before 18, they get looked after by the, the social work. They're, they'd be, like, your corporate parent. So it's yeah. their responsibility. Like, if you went missing, they'll send out the police to look for you if... But the day after your birthday, 18th, just completely changes. Yeah. You don't get that support. And then, as Niall was saying, 21 ends the big one where they just pull away all together. I, yeah. I am literally turning 21 in a month. And with me moving out of my own and stuff like that, everything was dropped. So, like, with me getting, like, just so much financial support, they me not really getting any kind of financial support. It's It's... It's mad because... Like, like, you get financial support, you get emotional support, you get practical support. Sometimes they help you, they buy furniture and uh, stuff but, like but that. because of my age and because of them weaning themselves away from me, then I didn't kind of get any... Is it scary? It is. It's terrifying, especially with, like... I don't know. It's just... Like, you, you feel like you can do it and you can... But, but it is really, really it's, hard. I think you're going under the unknown, you see it. So you haven't uh, done it. And so you, you're doing it now, Orla. Yep. And do you, as you said, financially, you notice it? Do you notice anything else? Uh, I, I was petrified turning 21. Were you? I was petrified. But I I was in a real rut. Um, I was told my housing cost, my housing was going to drop down um, day less, so I had to move. From my last flat, then new flat, mm-hmm. something that was cheaper. In the uh, same area, or we moved somewhere else in the town. I moved somewhere else in the town. I was in the waterside. And Did then. you not mind where about in Derry you lived? Not really, no. That's good. Yeah. I, I've, I've I've noticed a lot. I'm working now with young people from care ten years, and I've noticed a lot of young people from care have good resilience. So I know that you're a bit scared, Aaron, now coming up, but I think you'll cope alright. Hi, I was scared of getting my flat and I'm, I'm yep. like I am grand and I'm good and sweet and but it's just it's just the general it's scary. fear it's, like it's scary anybody makes big moves like in your life it's like moving into new homes meeting new people all that but I think you've got good, good particularly used to have good coping mechanisms um, and these are good points to make for any young people coming up through the care system listening to this podcast that they should think about being more independent and with a view on these more significant ages as they get older and the significant drop-off. Uh, in the time I've known Erin and Orla, um, they're great examples of resilience and that's why they're, it's great having them on the Learning for Action program because they are shining examples of uh, experts by experience 
and their story's very motivating and they're very inspiring to other young people and it's great to have them. So girls, more positive stuff now, what's the plans for the future? What Give us a wee bit of what you want to do or want to be or what's going to go on in the next few months for yourselves. We'll start with you, Orla. Put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? What do you, What is your... No, well, with COVID, I felt completely lost. Now I'm doing a week course um, with the Princes, Princes Trust in the tech in Derry. Um, that there's a 12-week course, so it's kind of refocusing me and they being optimistic about my future. Mm-hmm. That kind of way, getting help, helping me with CV, my CV. Um, literally got a big leaflet about a job that actually looks really suitable for me because mm-hmm. I want to get into youth work. Brilliant. You'd be, like, you'd be excellent at it. Uh, that's why I love doing my EB work and volunteering my VoIPIC because it's just what I want to do and I want to keep on going that way. So Give back. Yeah. Definitely give back. What about you, Anne? Um, well, I'm going to do Open University now in January and I can pick five different topics and I'm thinking like child psychology, um, philosophy and some kind of therapy because I, I, I'm really interested in them but I still have another two options. So I'm do you know what is most mad? It's like, not mad, but the twos are sort of interested in working with people. Yes. And the, and the social sciences, that's what they call that when you're working with, when you're interacting with people, that's because of your upbringing and use your EBEs as well, I see. Yes. And that's where you nail, isn't it? Uh, so, yes, as we talked about before, the two girls are on the Learning for Action program as EBEs. Um, as EBEs, they get to um, advocate for other young people and um, kind of show young people that they've been through that and they've been through these experiences and motivate them and inspire them um, to get through their issues. Um, the girls have actually been involved in quite a few different social action projects. Probably the main one at the minute is um, the PSNI rolling out the Spitguard. Um, Aaron and Orla were both uh, involved in a consultation with the PSNI um, that, that went very well and they got to say their piece. And it was a, a direct opportunity to um, influence policy and uh, speak to the decision makers in Northern Ireland that affect yeah. young people in their areas. We also have a couple of other things coming up within the Derry uh, area as well, uh, specifically around the suicide rate in Derry. And um, the girls have been very helpful and very proactive. Yeah, and showing them that even if they don't think now, they have a voice mm. and we all want to come together and make sure it's heard. Um, I find it very interesting that you are, are both interested in uh, youth work or the social sciences. Um, I find that in all the areas I work in, um, all EBEs or ex-care experienced young people um, feel that going forward they would like to work with young people as well or be in the care and, and care work. Um, a lot of the EBEs I work with also feel that social workers and people dealing with young people with mental health issues should be uh, ex-care experienced um, as this would really help um, and be a lot more empathetic to problems and issues going on. That yes. would benefit a lot. You social workers mean? working with children in care 100% because... So social workers that were in care? Uh, that would, uh, but it's just the same as you were saying about the youth, youth workers. Youth workers that go through the same thing as the young people they're working with. Yep. Kids, that was brilliant. And thanks for the interview. 
definitely follow your dreams because I'm telling you now, you're both well capable and you're both smart enough and you can do it. And I think that's a great point to wrap today's session up on. Right, okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. I would like to take a minute and reiterate some of the issues brought forward in this podcast. We are in the midst of a national and worldwide pandemic. And while we need to comply with the guidelines, we also need to provide young people with the support structures and strategies in order to coexist. Young people feeling they are more at risk of suicide than COVID highlights the severity of the problem. It's not that one replaces the other, but that COVID has brought to the forefront other issues such as mental health, isolation, poverty and lack of opportunities. Our EBEs have shared with us their lived experience of COVID and the impact it has had on their lives emotionally, practically, financially and socially. I'm sure a lot of other young people can relate so we thank Orla and Erin for their honesty and for using their lived experience to reach out to others. If you feel affected by any issues brought up in this podcast, in particular suicide and mental health, please contact Samaritans or Lifeline. Thanks again for listening.